Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Hi, good morning, welcome. My name is Phil. I'm part of Living Rock Church and I'm based in our Market Harbour congregation. As you can see, I've managed to get out and about again today uh, as the backdrop to today's gospel encounter. I know that across our congregations that many of us will be taking this opportunity to meet with another family to watch today's online gathering. It's a new experience for us, isn't it? And I'm sure that we'll all be really happy just to see one another again. So hello to you wherever you're watching today. I have some things to share which I trust will be really helpful for all of us and whether we're already a follower of Jesus or whether we're still checking out the Christian faith, I hope you find something this morning that's going to be really helpful and going to bless you. As we look around us today, even looking at the events of the last few weeks and months, it's impossible not to notice the effect of sin and evil all around us. How God's world, which he created and he proclaimed to be good, is now tainted and tarnished as a result of mankind's disobedience towards and rejection of God. This is not a new problem. Just think about some of the headlines over the last few months. Nations arguing and fighting with nations. Extreme weather patterns bringing fire and flood and destruction. Racial tension. Rampant disease and death. You know, all of these things are the consequences of sin and evil in the world. And whatever the long and complex debates are around issues such as virus control and racial inequality, it's clear that one of the results of such evil in the world is that it removes dignity. In John's Gospel, we read that Jesus taught his listeners, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. People created in the image of God, into whom God has breathed life, have been robbed and are now disfigured and damaged by the injuries of prejudice, whether visible or invisible, damaged by disease and death, by loss and grief. Even at a very simple level, the idea of people hiding away from one another for the last few months, being able to embrace loved ones, or wearing masks on our faces for fear of disease, is a thieving of our dignity. We all feel it, the feeling of being robbed. There is a thief at large. Today, we're going to look again at what happened as Jesus encountered people, and particularly how he restores dignity to marginalised people. We're going to see how he engages with people, just where they are, helps us change course, and promises a a glorious destiny for all who name Jesus as Lord and Saviour. If you have a Bible in front of you, please open it to Luke chapter 8. I'm going to start reading at verse 26. Just to set the scene, Jesus has just calmed a storm on the Sea of Galilee and he and the disciples are landing on the far side of the lake. It's been a long night. So they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes, across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of the man. Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. Jesus demanded, what's your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. 
The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed, and all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone, for a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him home, saying, No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went through all the town, proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done for him. So this is an account of a poor man in deeply tragic circumstances and afflicted by evil. This account is also found in Matthew's and Mark's Gospels, and our modern Bibles use the phrase demon-possessed, which is not a great translation and actually not so helpful in our culture where we might have our minds drawn to modern horror film culture and the like. The original Greek word used here is daemonizomia, which literally translates demonized. It's more helpful to consider this as oppression, a coming against, rather than possession or ownership. This man was seriously oppressed by and under attack from the devil and his army of fallen angels. Evil had a strong hold on him. This man was scary. He lived in burial tombs and he was violent and strong. We're told that on the occasions he was restrained, he would break free. He spent his days in burial tombs and across the countryside shouting out and harming himself. You can understand why he would have been marginalised, friendless and generally someone to be avoided. For those brave enough to get close for much of his life, his trauma would have been all too evident. His cutting and harming himself would have caused disfiguring injury. He was naked. He would have undoubtedly looked unkempt. No outward beauty at all. When Jesus arrived with his disciples by boat, this man ran towards him. For many, this would have been the moment to back off, get back into the boat and slam it into reverse. But Jesus didn't do that. I believe Jesus saw beyond the broken, disfigured, scary individual that ran towards him. He saw a person made in the image of God that his Father in heaven loves so, so much. Let me say this. This man's situation and physical state would have been very obvious. I know from personal experience, and I'm sure that many others will also, that's not the case with everyone caught in a stronghold of ungodly behaviour or struggling with mental health issues. There are many people today with seemingly uncontrollable suicidal thoughts, people with destructive addictions and patterns of behaviour, people who regularly and deliberately harm themselves, people who look pretty normal on the outside but for whom there's a battle raging on the inside, unable or unwilling to live in the freedom that God so desires for all of us. You know, I have no idea who's watching this. I can't see through this camera lens, but I want to ask, 
Are you one of them? I don't ask to be awkward or rude or to make things difficult, but I ask because I want you to know that Jesus cares. He sees you right now. He sees beyond the things that are crowding out your mind. He sees a person made in the image of God that his Father in heaven loves so, so much. He wants you to encounter him today. Jesus is the restorer of body, mind and soul. He wants to bring you dignity, to restore to you what the thief has taken, to give you a rich and satisfying life. Speaking of himself, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favour has come. The encounter Jesus had in this passage seems quite extraordinary to us. But as we read scripture, we see this is just what Jesus did. He met people along the way and he stopped for them. People not everyone else would stop for. He didn't back off. He did and still does deliver people from bad situations. Before this man had even uttered a word, Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. He addressed the evil spirit with total authority and the evil spirit responded by bowing low and acknowledging Jesus to be who he is. Jesus, son of the most high God. Here's the first thing for us to notice today. There is a spiritual world which we can't presently see. Colossians 1 verse 16 confirms this. It tells us that God made all the things we can see and all the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. These things are currently a mystery to us, but what we do know, we should take seriously. As Christians, we should be on our guard and certainly not dabbling in any kind of spiritualism or fortune telling or magic or mysticism, however it might be dressed up. Long before it became a government slogan, Peter wrote to the church saying, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Peter is reminding the church that Christians can be opposed by and oppressed, even devoured by the devil. Elsewhere in scripture, we're reminded that the devil can deceive, bewitch and enslave believers. As believers, we must stay alert to the realities of the unseen spiritual world. In Ephesians 6, Paul writes, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Whilst much of the unseen spiritual realm is a mystery to us, we can be confident in this. Everything in the unseen spiritual world knows who Jesus is and knows that he has total authority in both the seen and the unseen realms. When Jesus commissioned his disciples, he said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, that is in the seen and the unseen realms. Therefore, i.e. because of the authority Jesus has, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here's the second thing to take away. This man had a serious identity crisis. What was this man's name? Well, we don't actually know. 
In the account found in Mark's Gospel, we see clearly that when Jesus asked a man what his name was, it was the evil spirits that replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us in this man. You know, the thief had robbed this man of even his name and now he was identified by the evil that had got hold of him. It doesn't take a great leap in our thinking to see how common this is in our own day. We don't have to look far to see people primarily identifying themselves by their, by their infirmity or addiction or by ungodly thinking that controls and dominates their lives. Maybe we've been there ourselves, maybe we still struggle with this, identifying ourselves in our mind and often in our speech by the things that shame us most or the things we struggle with. Why did Jesus ask this man his name? Simply because he wanted to know. I don't think many people had hung around long enough to ask his name before. And here is Jesus treating him with dignity as a human being. Notice what a simple question Jesus asks. And you know, it's one which we as followers of Jesus can be asking regularly as we try and show the love and compassion of God to a world around us. The text tells us that the spirits begged Jesus to be sent into a large herd of pigs nearby. And after Jesus gave permission, the spirits left the man and they entered the pigs, who then charged into the lake and drowned. This caused a commotion, being really upsetting for anyone looking on. Jesus had delivered the man from demonic control and then he just hangs out with him. He talks to him. He places value in him. He ensures that he's clothed, spends time with him. From the account, at least long enough for news to spread to the nearest town and a crowd to return. And then Jesus commissions him. Go, he said, with the same authority that had recently commanded the evil spirits to leave. Go back to your family and tell them everything. Did you hear that? The man is further dignified by Jesus placing him back with his family and in a home. Who knows the circumstances under which he left home? But Jesus said, go back. That's where you belong. And tell your story of everything that God has done for you. The man wants to return to the other side of the lake in the boat with Jesus, but Jesus said, go and tell everyone. He didn't send him on a theology course or for public speaking lessons. Jesus simply said, go and tell your family everything God has done for you. The man's commission was just the same as every other follower of Jesus, past, present and future. Go and make disciples. This reminds me of a story that Jesus would tell about a young man who leaves home under a cloud after persuading his father to give him an advance on his inheritance. The young man wastes the money, gets caught up in a shameful lifestyle and eventually hits rock bottom by feeding pigs just to make ends meet. Jesus then told how the young man, full of remorse, decided to head home, prepared to work as a servant in the household of his father. And to demonstrate the abounding love of God, Jesus then told of how the father sees the son coming from a long distance away, runs off to meet him, full of joy that his son has come home. He embraces him. He dignifies him by welcoming him, not just as a servant, but as his own son. He dressed him in fine clothes. He put a ring on his finger and prepared a banquet for many to enjoy. That's Jesus showing us the heart of God, full of love, full of eagerness to restore relationship between ourselves and our Father in heaven. Here's the third thing to notice this morning. Things got messy. This account doesn't have a neat and tidy ending. Luke writes that a great wave of fear swept over the people. They were frightened and upset after seeing this man delivered in such dramatic fashion. 
They couldn't handle the truth of who Jesus is and rather than face it, they begged Jesus to leave and go away from them. Perhaps as we're listening today, the truth of who Jesus is, how much he loves each one of us is being revealed to us. We know that something needs to change. Please, let's not let the thought of that change be so uncomfortable for us that we're like the people in our text today, begging Jesus to go away and leave them alone. We'd love to help you encounter Jesus. You can be in touch with us today by leaving a message on the chat on the screen or by emailing us at findlife@livingrock.church. If we already have a relationship with Jesus, that is, if we have already named him as the Lord of our lives, then we can know this week that we have met the one who restores dignity, the one who clothes us in a robe of righteousness, who sits us with Christ in the heavenly realms, who promises a priceless inheritance that is kept in heaven, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. These are spiritual realities we can keep drawing on, even in the most challenging of days. As I close, I just want to bring us back to the words of Jesus we referred to earlier, in order that together we can have a helpful spiritual mindset, particularly during this time of lockdown restrictions changing. Jesus said the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Being aware of these spiritual realities, let's not settle for being robbed, but rather let's choose to pursue the rich and satisfying, abundant and dignified life that Jesus promises wherever and whenever we can. May we all know the grace and peace of Jesus, his restoration in our lives and evidence of rich and satisfying life in the days and the weeks ahead. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.